Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning. This is Sean McCain, and I'm with you this morning for our Sunday morning Bible study, and I'm very happy to be here with you this morning. And we're reading Second John chapter 1, and let's open with our traditional opening prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I've already lit my candles, and I have the incense going, and I am actually have been praying for everyone that uh, we get through this uh, crisis, and uh, people are still sick. Um, across the world, I hear that we still have increasing numbers, and I I pray that uh, people are being healed and will get well from this virus. It um, has been pretty tough on people. Okay, so get your Bible out, and we're going to get ready to uh, read Second John chapter 1. Truth, love, and all that jazz. The speaker opens this letter by identifying himself as the elder. That's a little more helpful, although the name would have been nice. He says that he's writing to the elect lady and her children, which sounds pretty fancy. I guess he's out to impress. The elder says he loves the truth, and he's really glad to know that the lady and her children are upholding the truth too. And they haven't given in to the naysayers at the elder, in the elders' community yet. Again, he says he's not trying to tell her anything new, but they should love one another. Nope, there's nothing new to see here. But basically, love means following God's footsteps and doing the things he says we should do. We've been, we've been there and we've done that, and he says the same thing over and over again, but it's the truth. The elder warns the lady that all kinds of liars are roaming around telling people the wrong stuff about Jesus. Guys are antichrist. He tells her that he needs to be on guard, that she needs to be on guard, and if she starts to believe the things they're saying, she'll lose everything. Everything she's worked spiritually for, that is. The elder warns her not to let any of these naysayers into her house. Showing basic hospitality, apparently, is a way of supporting evil. Well... There are all kinds of other things he needs to tell her, but he's not going to put them in writing right now. He'll visit her soon and explain more in person. He ends by saying that her nieces and nephews say hi. Hi. Thanks again to Schmoop, and um, by the, the music is by the group Save. So let's go to our Bible so we can read direct from the Word. And I do read out of my Ryrie Study Bible. It's a new American standard. And let's start with the outline. And it's Second John Introduction. Author is John. The date is 900. Des- destination. The destination of the second letter is enigmatic. Some believe that the chosen lady is a figurative way of des- designating a particular church or chosen sister would mean then mean a different church. Others hold that the letter was addressed to an individual Christian and her family. In this case, sister would be her natural sister. The date. The circumstances and subjects in the letter indicate it was written about the same time as the other letters of John and from the same place, Ephesians. See the introduction for 1 John. Contents. The main teaching of Second John is 
walking in Christ's commandments. Outline of Second John is introduction, a commendation of walking in truth, a commandment of loving one another, cautions concerning false teachers, and concluding remarks and greetings. The second letter of John says introduction and greeting. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who who know the truth, and for the sake of truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ and the Son of the Father in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received the commandment to do so from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this love, that we walk according to his commandment, this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. And then for many de- deceivers, they have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, this is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. And let's read that again. This is very important. It's a very short letter, too, but it's a strong note here. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you have, that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who, does, who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God, and the one who abides in the teaching, he is both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his te- this teaching, do not receive him into your house, and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. I think that was it. Very short letter. Okay, let's read the note. The elder. John is an elder, perhaps in the Ephesian church, as well as an apostle. And it says, uh, either the congregation or her natural offspring, and she's, or she's an individual Christian, uh, grace is God's unmerited favor. Mercy is God's compassion for us in our misery. And peace is the resulting wholeness of salvation. And John had evidently encountered some of the members of the congregation or the ladies' household walking in truth, ordering one's life by the word of God. And then we're on five now, beginning from the beginning of their Christian experience. And six is relating to love as defined as obeying his commandments. Seven is coming. This present tense particle seems to include the past coming of Christ in the flesh at the, at the incarnation, the present continuing of his risen humanity, as well as his future coming to earth. By contrast, the perfect tense, 
participle in First John emphasizes only his incarnation. Hmm. Eight. It says, uh, better you, plural, all believers will receive praise in the judgment seat of Christ, but some will receive more rewards than others. And it says, nine, the false teachers should be tested as to whether or not they continue in teaching of Christ. It says, do not receive him in your house. Do not give a false teacher hospitality. To do so will be investing in his deceiving ministry. He who gives such a person a greeting actually fellowships in the work of the Antichrist. Then 12, paper and ink. The pith from the papyrus reads was cut into strips, which were laid across each other at right angles, pressed and pasted together in the forms of sheets of writing material. The word ink means black, for ink in ancient times was compounded of charcoal, gum, and, and water. And then 13, at the end, is this chosen sister, either another local church or another Christian woman. I don't know, this sounds like it was a letter to a woman that he knew, to me. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read the next letter next next week, and that's going to be Third John. Let me see how long this letter is. That's going to be another short letter. So we have another short letter uh, next week. would be Third John, and then we're going to be up to Jude. Uh, so that is it. Very interesting. And a, and a good warning. Well, okay, so now we're going to go to our angel book as we keep reading on. And we're going to go to the next story. And here's this story is the the best angel stories of the editors of Guidepost. And this next story is by An Angel in Every Lap by Joan Wester Anderson. And the trip started out as hundreds of others. Lori Torbick of Appleton, Wisconsin, helped by her teenage daughter Erin, buckled the seven children who attended Lori's home daycare into their seats in her big Chevy Suburban to go to the high school. Erin was a cheerleader, and it was yearbook picture day for the team, Lori later recalled. The kids and I made this quick trip dozens of times. Now they were driving along a narrow stretch of highway, and a white panel truck came toward them. Lori moved to the shoulder to give the truck ample room to pass, but as she tried to turn the highway, her tires became stuck in a six-inch drop from the concrete to the gravel shoulder. The vehicle began to fishtail. Hold on, Erin screamed. The van rolled over. My God, not now. The children are with me. Lori silently pleaded as the van rolled a second time. Immediately, she heard a voice saying, Don't be frightened. God is with you. You will be all right. She also had a vision of angels sitting on the children's laps, wrapping their arms around each little one. An overwhelming sense of peace came over me, Lori said, as she was able to relax, even as the truck became airborne and flipped twice more and then came to rest upright on a small hill. The sudden silence was horrifying. Lori was afraid to turn around and look, and instead fumbled with her cell phone. Where was it? Suddenly, everyone crying. The cars around them were stopping. Call an ambulance, Lori yelled, then turned to help the children. Seeing everyone alive, she flew into action, 
pulling back two of the boys that were attempting to scramble through the broken windows, then passing four of the preschoolers to bystanders who had come to help. Erin unbuckled Micaiah, the screaming baby, from her car seat, and she had probably saved Micaiah from serious injury by wrapping herself around the baby as the van rolled. As the second to last child was removed, it suddenly occurred to Lori that the van might roll again, but the three-year-old Cody was still inside, too far for her to reach. But no one would let me crawl back to reach him, Lori recalled. I had to wait until the police arrived and they got him out. Wearily, Lori climbed the hill. Good Samaritans had set all the children on blankets and were keeping them warm and safe. Lori did a quick exam and discovered all that all four had escaped injury except for bruising from the seatbelt. The other three had glass cuts on their hands, but nothing more serious. As the ambulances arrived, she realized that she was covered in blood from a severed artery. She didn't know yet that she had also broken a vertebrae. A policeman told me later that he saw the damage to my truck, and he expected pulling bodies out of it. Lori said, no one could believe there were more serious injuries. Later, Lori discovered that her aunt, who lived 70 miles away, had been moved to get down, had been moved to get down on her knees and pray for a relative who was traveling. The feeling came upon her at 3.30 p.m., the exact time Lori's truck began to roll. It was a miracle, but a few days later, the day, the day carry opened, Lori discovered she wasn't the only one to recognize it. There were angels in our laps in the truck that day, a boy told Lori matter-of-factly. Then he ran off to play. Before she could react, a child told her the same thing. She remembered her vision, an angel in each lap, protecting each little body. And the calm voice that assured everyone would survive, and she had not mentioned this experience to anyone except Aaron, and yet the children knew. She gives thanks each day for this gift. How about if I read one more little short story? All her stuff is too so short today. The stories are short. Storm at Sea by Ann Coban. I don't like this wind, I said to my friend Chris, watching the sails of our 40-foot catamaran twist and whip with each fierce gust. The waves had become increasingly choppy since sunset, and now the moon hid behind thick clouds. We'd been sailing together for nearly eight months from San Francisco through the Panama Canal onto the Bahamas. Now we were on our final open ocean lake to Beaumont, North Carolina. All day we had a gentle sailing breeze. Soon we were in full-blown nor'easter. A boat hung off the back of each rolling wave before into a free fall, crashing down again. We have to head for Charleston, I yelled to Chris. Had, we had no charts to guide us, but we had no choice. We approached the harbor around midnight, and we couldn't see a thing, so we radioed for help. Seconds later, a man in a little fishing skiff, barely larger than a rowboat, murdered up. We followed his winding route all the way into the marina. A week later, after repairing our ripped sails, we were ready to continue our journey. The daylight revealed the harbor to us. Unlit channel markers, derelict moorboats, a jagged, partially submerged jetty, and a water escape filled with hazards. Without that little skiff, we would have been sunk. Only then did I wonder. There was no way a rescue vessel could have left shore and reached us so quickly after our call. 
Only a tiny fishing boat had no business in a nor'easter in the middle of the night. God bless them. So, anyway, I'm very happy that you were here with me this morning as we just went ahead and, and we we're still reading the Bible. We've gone through the whole thing and we're swiftly approaching Revelation. I was thinking about that this morning. How are we going to read Revelation? And then I thought, well, Shard, you're just going to read it and that's what I'll do. Close with our closing prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I want to thank you, God, for everything you've given us, all the gifts and the gifts of health and your generosity, God. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for everything. We appreciate it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'll see you next week. Be good, you guys. Have a good week. And I love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.